Hi folks, Jenna here. I just want to give you a content warning before we dive into this episode. We do talk about depression and suicide ideation, so please take care when listening. I honestly related to this character quite a bit because in my personal like depressive state, all I ever wanted to do was sit in my bed and sleep. It makes a lot of sense why I wasn't connecting with it because my my depressive states don't look like that. They look like hyper anxiety. I need to get shit done all the time, like spiraling and getting into like anxiety attacks. Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is Sierra Marshall, who does love her eight hours of sleep. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the book's review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. But if you're just here for the fun-loving conversation, then welcome. We're so glad you're here. So whether you want to read one, none, or all of the books that we read in each month, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to, no matter how you like your books. You can tell us your opinions of these books and your hot takes on our Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. That's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at rwreadspodcast. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week, we read My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg. Well, Sierra, welcome to another episode of Red Wine Reads. We are here today to talk about My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg. Did look that up, so I believe that's how you say it. I would have butchered that. (laughs) And to start off, I would love to know if you are uh, drinking anything. I'm not. I just came from work. I should. I literally like was leaving work and I was like, I need a stiff drink, but I don't have one. So maybe I should go make one later. There you go. What are you going to make later? That There's your prompt. I love some kind of champagne spritzer is always my go-to. I saw I saw a woman today, the weather here is beautiful, and I saw a woman today drinking like a, a type of spritz out on her porch, and she was in this white, beautiful dress, and she had this like beautiful dog, and she was sipping with her husband, and I was like, wow, that is the life right there. Right? <laughs> I want to be her. Yeah. Instead, I am drinking the last of like our Costco beers um, that we bought probably a year ago. Living large. <laughs> we love you know, you do what you do. You 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 live within your means. <laughs> well, let's let's get into this because I'm excited to talk about this one. Some quick facts about this book. It was published in 2018. It has a 3.7 out of 5 on Goodreads. And then Otessa is known for her debut novel, Eileen, which won the Hemingway Foundation Award and the Penn Award. And she was also known for, or she's kind of like gained a lot of recognition for her book, Lap Vona, which was published in 2022. So her most recent novel. And that's really gained a lot of recognition on social media, which is kind of with it, the rise of my year of rest and relaxation has also kind of risen to the surface along with that. She's got a kind of an interesting background. Her mother was born in Croatia and her father was born in Iran and is Jewish. And then her parents immigrated here to the US and she was born in Boston. So grew up in Boston. And she was kind of a writer right out the gate of college. So, I mean, she's now really quite renowned for her writing. So I'd say she's doing pretty well. (laughs) Well, here's our summary from Amazon. I mean, we don't really have characters. We have our unnamed protagonist, and then we have her friend, Reva. And those are really 
the only characters you really need to know. There's like an artist that kind of comes into play at the end. But other than that, not too many characters in this book. So here's our summary from one of our boldest, most celebrated new literary voices, a novel about a young woman's efforts to duck the ills of the world by embarking on an extended hibernation with the help of one of the world's worst psychiatrists in the annals of literature and the battery of medicines she prescribes. Our narrator should be happy, shouldn't she? She's young, thin, pretty, a recent Columbia graduate, works an easy job at a hip art gallery, lives in an apartment on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, paid for like the rest of her needs by her inheritance. But there is a dark and vacuous hole in her heart and it isn't just the loss of her parents or the way her Wall Street boyfriend treats her or her sadomasochistic relationship with her best friend, Riva. It's the year 2000 in a city of glitter with wealth and possibility. What could be so terribly wrong? Alrighty. <laughs> I just realized that she's unnamed. The whole book, I did not even get that. Okay. No, it's fine. I didn't either. And I honestly didn't know that she was unnamed until I was like researching stuff for this book. And I was like, okay, let's go through our characters. Well, we have the main one. And then I was like, what's her name? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. She is me. I was reading it and it's like, this is my POV, but I do that with every book. Yeah. Change the name. It's me. <laughs> yes. I Let's get into that because I think I was talking to Rebecca before recording this because she um, is a huge uh, Lapvona fan. Like that's one of her favorite books. And so she's a big Moshveg fan. And she was like, this book I heard is just about someone sleeping. So I don't I, I haven't read it yet. And I don't know how that's going to go. And I was like, oh, interesting. And she's like, but this author does a really good job of like putting you into the head of the character that you're reading about. You're just like smack dab in the middle of this story and then you're like in it with her. And I think that is an accurate portrayal of how this woman writes. Immediately, I was inside of this unnamed protagonist's head and I was like, I don't know if I want to be here. <laughs> I definitely feel that. I was telling my friends about it and I was like, oh, I think you'll really like this. It's a little, it's like a little morbid, but it's like very dark humor. It's just a very interesting book. And then like the next day I came and I was like, actually, I don't know if you would like to read this book. I was enjoying it, but I was still like, it's really dark. And I was kind of explaining, I was like, I feel like this would be me if I was in like a deep, deep depression. But like, that's really how I felt. And like, as I was reading, I felt very much that I was the character. And so it was like really interesting. So I think she does a really good job if that was her goal to make you like be in her perspective. I had a friend at work who she was telling me that she was having trouble sleeping like the past few nights. And I was like, listen, you just read this book. <laughs> you'll, you'll get sleepy because I feel like I was reading this book and I'm like, do I want to quit my job and just go sleep for a few days? Right. And then I'm like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> if it made me do anything, it was like, oh, that is not a good idea. Yeah. My favorite review that I found on Goodreads was it validated my existence as a lazy whore. <laughs> uh, that was good. Yeah. So here's I'm like trying to stay on the topics that I liked about this book for at least a little bit. I do think that it's funny because I read this book quite like I didn't have any issue reading this book. So I think that's a testament to like Otessa's writing ability and her writing style. And she's able to really kind of immerse you in the story. And so you keep reading to try to like 
figure out what's going to happen next because it is an interesting concept. You're interested to see what would happen if she blacks out again. What what will happen if she goes to her friend's mom's funeral and like all this stuff. You keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for something big to happen and then nothing ever does. <laughs> and so you're like, okay, you get to the end of the book and you're like, hmm, that was kind of a rough go to get like, I don't know, like there was no payoff. And so I feel like it wasn't a hard book to read and there wasn't a hard book to like get through. But I also felt like it was just a book that I, I was kind of upset after I got done reading it. Cause I was like, wow, I gained nothing from this book. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe that's purposeful. Cause did she really gain anything from sleeping for a year? I think she gained a drug addiction for a while. And thankfully, like, I guess maybe she doesn't have an addictive personality. She was able to get out of that, it seems, quite easily. But I was a little bit shocked because I don't understand, one, how how did she not die? <laughs> yeah. All of these drugs. And on top of that, she was, I think, drinking coffee the whole time. I was like, how is her body not wrecked? How is she not in a hospital? On top of everything else, it's just... It's so mundane. It's so relatable, but also so far from any realm of anything that I would ever get myself into. Yeah. And so I like relate to it and I like it in that way, but I hate it because it is so real. You know, people who are so depressed like this or have addictions like this. And so it's kind of nauseating. Yeah. I have to say, I was like so frustrated reading her because I was like, you are such a spoiled little brat, first of all. And she has no real friends. Like she has Reva, but that's not a friendship. I don't even know what that is. But she just feels so unrelatable and like so infuriating because I almost feel like with this character, there's like no redeeming qualities to her. So I'm just upset with her and I'm just frustrated with her. And I don't really care what happens to you at this point. And so like that's where I got to the point where I like knew that this was not going to be kind of a like a redemption arc for her. I was just like, I can't. I'm done. I can't. I can't with you. <laughs> I mean, like, in some ways, I understand why she is the way she is. Her dad died. Her mom was crap and then killed herself, essentially. And then she's left with this hollow, empty life where no one really cared to get to know her because she was hot and young and pretty and had everything. But really, she had nothing. And people just assumed that she had everything. And then she has one friend who annoys the crap out of her. It's like a symbiotic relationship because the only thing she gets out of it is the fact that her friend almost lulled her to sleep. She doesn't even like her friend, but her friend gets some kind of validation because she's like, oh, I'm friends with this rich person. And she also gets to just vent about whatever and someone just listens. And so both of these characters have like issues beyond belief because I couldn't imagine being friends with someone who would just fake listen to me all the time and not really participate in conversation or a friend who like when I asked them to go out, they were just like, no, I'm going to sleep my life away. I don't understand how she could just watch her friend drift into nothingness for a full year. I would be too afraid that my friend was going to like hurt themselves or in this case with the drugs and everything. And regardless of whether she's seeing a doctor. So you can tell these two aren't really real friends. So she has nothing. And so I get why she just decides to sleep her life away. She has nothing to look forward to in life. And I don't think that changes. And so for me, 
at the end of the book, I was kind of like, you did this for what? Nothing's really changed except your personal outlook on life. Yeah. My question for you is like, uh, you were saying that you, as you were starting to read this book, you were kind of like starting to recommend it to people. Like after finishing the book, do you have people in mind who would like this book and like who would enjoy this book? I do. I personally enjoyed it quite a bit because again, I love listening to the human experience. It's not my life, thank God, but it's people we know or people we don't know. And just there are people out in the world like that. And I love kind of the psychology behind it all. And like really getting into people's minds, no matter how messed up they are. I'm like, I want to understand this person, regardless of whether I agree with them, I want to understand them. And you know, I would recommend it to a few people because like, there is still that dark humor and I know some people would appreciate it, but it's also still kind of like, you have to be a very specific person to recommend this book to, because otherwise they're going to be like, you are messed up in the head. Like, why are you reading this? Yeah. What I struggled with was, I mean, it's like a book about a girl sleeping and like the human experience of just her going through all that she's going through in her head. But I just feel like she was so infuriating to me that I didn't want to be in her head. And I was like done, which if that is Otessa's goal and that is what she's hoping that you kind of gain out of this is like some people are like this. Great. You did it. But like I was like trying to think of anyone who might enjoy this book. And I I don't know, maybe it's just because like I didn't like it. I didn't get the humor behind it and I didn't get the like I get the darkness of it. And I get the human experience that it's trying to tell, but it just did not click. Yeah, I think it's relatable to a very niche Mm -hmm. population of people. And like I said, I honestly related to this character quite a bit because in my personal like depressive state, which I have struggled with before, all I ever wanted to do was sit in my bed and sleep. I was like, the world is useless. Why do I need to be up? I have nothing to live for. So sleep is better. Like sleep is my escape. I get to dream. I get to just feel nothing. And that's horrible. And it's not a great feeling. And thankfully, like I've come out of that. But like, that's what I was saying with this book. I was like, if I went into like a major depression spiral, and I had access to like a doctor who would practically sedate me all day long, that might be a choice for me. And so I get it. And she has a little bit of a narcissistic tendency. And I'm not trying to like point my fingers and be like, I am a narcissist. But we all have those tendencies. And I think especially when you're in a state like that, you are 100% more narcissistic, whether you are intending to be or not. It's kind of that mental playground is just really jacked up. And so you end up only thinking about yourself because you don't have any energy to think about anyone else. So I mean, I get it. And so the dark humor of it, I think, is for those who really feel like her have felt like her. And so the things that she laughs about are kind of things that are super sick to laugh about. But some people laugh about nonetheless. It's like, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Yeah. No, see, this is why I'm so happy that you read this with with me because as I was was like scrolling through Goodreads because I was like, I need to know the other side of this because I was relating with the people who are like, I don't get it and I don't I don't understand the book and I felt like nothing happened in this book and I don't understand it. And I have read books like that 
where people have felt that way. And I felt the opposite where I'm like, no, this this is like a crazy story that's actually happening if you actually pay attention. But it's a very innate story to myself. Like I'm relating to the main character. And so I feel like after talking with you about this book, I'm so happy that we're talking about it because it's like, oh, okay, yes, that makes so much sense coming from your point of view. And it makes a lot of sense why I wasn't connecting with it because my my depressive states don't look like that. They look like hyper anxiety. I need to get shit done all the time, like spiraling and getting into like anxiety attacks. And so they <laughs> so like everyone experiences it very differently. And so I think that this is like an interesting thing. And it's interesting that a book about someone going into like a hibernation is bringing out this conversation about mental health and depression. And how do you, how does each person react differently to life circumstances in that way? Right. Well, I mean, you even look at Reva or however you say her name, Reva. I don't doubt that she was quite depressed when, I mean, she was going through a lot and it seems like she's more of like an anxiety spiral and she deals with her depression, her anxiety in the way of like an eating disorder. So again, like these are very like human type of situations that these characters are getting into. Like we can't say that we don't know someone with an eating disorder. I definitely have known people with an eating disorder and or have struggled with one in a different way myself. And so like we get to know these characters in like a deeper level because you're like how does I think it's very telling of someone's personality how they deal with stress and specifically how they deal with stress of like major life events a parent dying or depression or a boyfriend breaking up with you in Reva's case and I mean she was just a hot mess but she was always go 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 Whereas our narrator definitely takes a whole different path. And she's like, I just want to stop everything. Nothing, nothing needs to happen anymore. Yeah. Now I'm just like, yeah, I'm the Reva in this situation. And (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the narrator. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There you have it. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's fascinating. Honestly, it's fascinating. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think it is a great book. general to bring up these topics and kind of make them a little bit more easy to talk about. It's never an easy topic to talk about when it comes to mental health. But I think with books like this, kind of getting some insight into someone's mind of someone who kind of struggles with this. And I know it's fiction, but it's very real to a lot of people. And so It's lovely in that way that it kind of gives someone an outlet to like say, oh, I can relate or I'm not alone in this. But hopefully don't read this and you're like, oh, yeah, um, this makes me feel that way again. And which for me, it gave me a little bit of anxiety because I was like, I'm getting uncomfortable here because I relate a little too much to how she's dealing with her stress. And so I was like, Oh, it makes me feel uneasy. The fact that like, if I were in a really, really bad spot mentally, I could be the main character in this book. And that's terrifying. It's almost like the opposite of a self-help book. Yeah. You could do this and escape your world's problems. (laughs) This should be a what not to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. One more thing before we get into final ratings, the ending. I knew it was coming. I did. I knew it. I was like telling my friend today, I have a feeling that something bad is going to happen to her friend. Because I was like, listen, 
it's 2000 and it just turned 2001 and this girl is working at the Twin Towers. And I was like, this is absolutely such a sick, morbid book if this happens. And it did. And I was like, this book is sick, but also I get it. So I don't know. It's disturbing the story, but also like I can't, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, I, uh, I was like reading the last little bit and I like turned the page and I was like, that can't be the end. Dear God. Yeah, she's one of the jumping women. It made me sick too. It's so morbid that she's like, and that was, and she was like really, truly beautiful. And you're like, what? Yeah. Ah. (laughs) Yeah. In some ways I get it because I feel like this whole book is in a weird way about art in a very strange way. Like she herself is an art project. This book is technically written art and her mindset about everything is so very artistic and abstract. I like, yeah, I get it. These horrible messed up things that are so very human are very much like life is art. I don't know if that makes sense, but I also was absolutely disgusted, especially since towards the end of the book, she finally was like, I do love my friend. And then she was like, will we talk? And I knew I really knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. And I was just dreading it. And then I read that last page and I was like, this book is so sick. I'm going to throw it out the window. But I also really liked it. So like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to cope with these very complicated feelings towards this book. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've watched Midsommar. That movie to me was both unbelievably beautiful in describing the human experience aspects of it, but also absolutely horrifying and like a terrible movie because how disgusting and how sick. But I love that movie. I'm like, it's sick, but it's art and it's beautiful and I hate it. (laughs) Well, talking about varying opinions in the brain, let's get into our final ratings. Um, So I rated this a 2.5 out of 5. I just feel like I was waiting the entire time for like something to happen for the plot to be like... I said, I put in quotes, worth it in some way. Yeah. And I'm not like somebody who needs like a full plot, but like this just felt like there is not even like a change of mindset, even in the slightest to me. And so like that just, it felt unfulfilled. I just said like our main character fell asleep to come out on the other side, a new person, but really like what happened, nothing. And she was spoiled, selfish, unbelievably arrogant and insufferable in my opinion. But I think Otessa's ability to write this character and even try to like humanize her and it like keeps failing over and over again. Like, oh, let me think about my dead parents still can't cry. But if I if I think about me losing my drugs, I will cry. Yeah, I I couldn't. Her ability to write me right into this person's head was so good that I didn't want to be there and I was struggling to be there. I just said I felt sleepy, angry, and unfulfilled after reading this book. But, you know, I get it now after chatting with you, like what the appeal is, but I just think this one missed the mark for myself, but I do think it it could hit for other people. I think she's a great writer. I really do. Like I read this book quite fast, so it's not like a bad read either, but it just, it missed on a lot of things for me. I think for my rating, I'm like close to a four. I want to give it like a 3.75. I really enjoyed it. But again, like there's part of me that hates it because it's just such a sick story. But part of me loves that fact because humans are messy. And someone who is addicted to drugs is very much a person who only thinks about their drugs is like, I want to die. The thought of losing my drugs makes me want to die. I don't know. The 3.75 
kind of touches home for me because it wasn't a four. It wasn't something that like I would read over and over again, but I would suggest it to certain people because I think people who enjoy stories about about other people, about the human experience um, would really enjoy this book. Maybe they wouldn't enjoy like that it has, I mean, essentially no plot, but... <laughs> you know, they might enjoy the the whole storytelling aspect of it. And I think it's really beautifully written and a very interesting story. And to me, it is somewhat the epitome of art in a book because it captures so many different facets of life. It really like in a whole about way brings in the idea of like mental health and depression and our relationships with friends and family members. And like, that's all very important in our day to day and sociologically and societally. And so I was happy and angry with it. Yeah, that that sounds about right. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Let's get into our pairings. I'm very interested. Pairings is where we pick TV shows, movies, books, um, and drinks that might pair well with today's book. So, do you want to go first? Sure. So, since it is set in New York, I decided to have my drink of choice be a Manhattan. I feel like it's fitting. It's a little old-fashioned. It's strong. So, Manhattan it is. For a book, I picked The Lonely City. Another somewhat sad, depressing story. It's not like completely sad. I think this has like a little bit of a better ending, quite a bit better. So, but I really, it kind of gives that same, like talking about how, I mean, New York City, I've heard from a lot of people is a very lonely city when you first get there. And it takes a lot to create friends and found family, I suppose, in a city like that, because it is so large and there's so many different things people could get into and it's like being alone. They say you're alone in a city full of millions of people, however many there are. I don't know. I'm, I've never been to New York. I wish, but no, I haven't. But anyway, and then for a movie, I picked Life Itself, which is another really depressing human story. And again, I think it's set in New York too, funny enough. <laughs> It's just um, that like experience of how do people cope with stress and and what does that look like for each person and also the coming together of people and how they got to one point. So that was that. And then I think I just for TV show, I kind of shot it back to some things that she made reference to. So like Sex in the City. I don't really think it necessarily like super fits with the theme of this book in the way that like this book is so depressing. But I think the still with just different personalities, like mingling together. And then also, I think it's always good when you have something referenced in a book to also like kind of pay attention to those references and bring it back. You know, lots of choices here. My it's kind of interesting. Like you went along one route and I kind of went down the other route. So I did. Um, I, I picked like a lot of stories that kind of were like one room focused kind of like there's not a whole lot going on outside of the room. Everything is happening within this one place because that's kind of how it felt. It was like her apartment. Yeah. And so um, my drink was a chamomile tea with a splash of whiskey. (laughs) Ooh, 
I like that. I felt like that was fitting. And then my TV show is actually a very specific episode of Community, Cooperative Calligraphy. Um, and this is where they're stuck in the one room and Abed's like, oh, is this going to be a one room episode? And so, um, but when you were talking about like how different people handle stress, I'm like, this is the perfect episode of that because they're all trapped in one room and they're talking about um, who stole a pen and we're not leaving this room until we find out who stole this freaking pen and it's actually a monkey and living in the vents who actually took this pen, but they're all turning on each other and like how do different people handle all this stress and how they want to like leave this room but they can't leave this room and then my book was like I said I am not a hater of a book with no significant plot line because this book I actually really liked and it's Normal People by Sally Rooney and a lot of people that I've met and have read this book and have even seen the show they're like I don't get it like nothing happens they don't even end up together spoiler alert at the end and I don't get the point of it. And I'm like, no, but it's telling so much about like this, this experience to like love someone and never have it line up. And like, you guys are just on completely different tracks and you're never going to like quite be at each other's level. And it also deals with mental health and depression and how that affects even higher ability to like connect with people. And so I think that that book, though it doesn't have a very significant plot line, I really enjoyed because of those reasons. And some of the characters in there are insufferable, <laughs> but, but you know, you learn to love them. <laughs> and then my movie, I struggled with this one, but Malcolm and Marie was Zendaya and John David Washington, because I actually haven't seen this full movie. I've seen a little bit here and there, but one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, they talk about it quite a bit like sometimes it just comes up and and so like it takes place in one room again nothing happens in this room there's just this couple they come back from these awards and then they're trying to figure their shit out and they get into a bunch of fights and they're like trying to figure out how can we best move forward in our relationship in different sections of their relationship and they're just trying to talk it out and a lot of the reviews us like reading that are one star it's like this is like two hours of two people just yelling at each other. <laughs> and so like in, in this case, this is a book. The book we just read is a book where somebody is just sleeping for a lot of the book. And there is a lot more behind it when you actually like lift the curtain and actually read it. So like I think if you're willing to, to kind of take the time to actually deep dive it. And I recommend I'm just wrapping it up here, but I recommend reading this book and then talking about it with someone. Oh, I agree. Honestly, talking with Sierra about this book has completely shifted my perspe my perspective on this. And I can give a better recommendation to someone who wants to read this book or who, right. who maybe would benefit from reading this book. Well, I think it was, it's kind of in a lot of ways. And like, that's the whole purpose of this podcast. It kind of is like the perfect book club read because you get so many different people's perspectives on this. I will say I loved her psychiatrist because I, the thing she said was so out of pocket. And the fact that she didn't even care enough to like pay attention to the fact that her parents are dead. She had to say it how many times and she changed the story every time. You're not doing your job. She was a lot of the comedic relief in it all. But yeah, I think the perfect book to read as a book club read because it's just such a weird, interesting story. And I'd love to get more people's opinions on it. Yeah, everyone hit up our Instagram and TikTok. Let us know what you're thinking. Which side are you on? <laughs> well, amazing. I think this is such an interesting conversation. I love it when, pe when we end up on different sides of the line. I just think those end up being the best episodes. Thanks for joining. As always, Sierra. And until next time. Cheers. Cheers. 
Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thanks all.